With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. This crowd rises to its feet. Pacaro slammed it home. Darwin left wing, three ball. Perfect. Darwin part of the lane, locked. The Mobley pop. And Allen blocked the shot at the rim. How with the left hand and a foul. Welcome to the Chase Down Podcast, part of the Cavs Media family. I'm your host, Justin Rowan. The Chase Down is presented by Fubo TV. Watch over 100 channels of live sports and TV for half the cost of cable. There's no contract and no commitment. Try for free at FuboTV.com. The Cleveland Cavaliers were unable to keep pace with the Indiana Pacers in Indiana around New Year's Eve. This feels like a haunting tradition. I actually mentioned it in our Discord before that I, I feel like they always play the Pacers around this time of year, and it's always a game that I just find to be unenjoyable, and this was certainly the case. Joining me to talk through this loss and, and talk through our feelings, my co-host Carter Rodriguez. Carter, how you doing, buddy? Uh, you know, I'm fine. Um, you know, it. You know, some losses uh, and some losing streaks, I'll find myself spiraling, spiraling a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I think the uh, hour between game wrapping and uh, and going getting into this pod, I've sobered up a little. Um, you know, uh, and kind of, uh, just kind of chilled out. Um, I don't think Cavs played a good game tonight. Uh, I think even when they were winning, they weren't playing a good game. You know, I, I think that first quarter, you know, the one they won by five was a very silly quarter, you know, I mean, (laughs) even down to healed scoring the fastest bucket in NBA history. Man, I felt um, bad for John Michael because he was talking about how Indy usually gets off to a slow start. Let's see if that trend continues. And the jump ball goes straight to Buddy Heald, who immediately hit the a three, which really was foreshadowing a, an unpleasant night from behind the arc. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. This opponent three-point shooting stuff is is painful. And, um, you know, it's so hard because on one hand, I think the Cavs played pretty bad defense tonight. Um, uh, and, uh, I also think they played bad offense that led to some of that bad defense. And I'll talk about that as well. Um, uh, cause you know, 126 points, you wouldn't call it a bad offensive night. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I thought they just weren't super disciplined. They were getting, getting turned around on switches and who was communicating that, you know, the, the, the man in the corner would come in to tag the roller on a pick and roll and no one would rotate over to that corner. Uh, just some undisciplined defense tonight that gave up a ton of wide open threes for Indy, mm-hmm. and they still shouldn't have shot sixty one percent. So, you know, like like there is a degree of like 
the Cavs are getting hit with some really bad three-point luck right now. You know, yeah. and like no one, and it's such a loser way to analyze the game. You know, I I, I highly doubt JB is just in the. Uh, you know, I, at least I doubt he will go into the locker room. And goes, guys, we're just not getting lucky enough. No, we should just hope they miss. But to some extent, you should expect more misses than this. This probably on a normal night uh, by NBA standards. Uh, maybe the Cavs give up three less threes, and uh, we're heading to overtime. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, you know, it's three games in a row where teams have just shot unseasonably well from three, um, especially, you know, Raptors, who are a bad three-point shooting team, and then the Nets, yeah, uh, who was, are a good three-point shooting a, team. It, it's a little more tolerable when it is Brooklyn and Indiana. When it's like because, Kevin Durant ruining your life. Right. Like, these are two really good offensive teams, right? Like, Indiana is six in the Eastern Conference primarily because of their ability to get three-pointers up and because of how good they are offensively. And uh, I wish they weren't hogging all the three-point shooters. Uh, they're one of the few teams that I kind of envy their wings. But I, I agree with your assessment that I think the Cavs just weren't as sharp as they could have been to start this game. And no slow way. starts. Slow starts have been an issue for this team, but I almost felt like the initial defense from the team was good, and then it would be either a deflection that led to a scramble in an open three or uh, an unfocused turnover early in the game that led to an open three uh, or an offensive rebound. But even at that, like th- this is why normally I like to rewatch the game before we do these podcasts because I- I'm looking at it, and the Pacers only had four offensive rebounds. Um, they did not have like a ton of fast break points. Actually, the Cavs won the fast break battle, which I thought getting out in transition was one of the things I liked about the Cavs effort in this game. Um, and even points off turnovers. They only, they had 17, the Cavs had 15. So it's not like there was a big, uh, discrepancy there, but I, I do feel like the initial defense was better. And then it just was a lack of focus to to give up um, either those turnovers that led to those open shots, uh, the offensive rebounds, and just not doing a good job finishing possessions. I, I thought that was the Cavs' issue early on. And then once that faucet opens up, good Lord, the, the, the floodwaters were going, man. Like, Indiana was hitting absolutely everything from three, like they only gave up 31 three-pointers. So that's like not an astronomical amount, but they hit 19 of those 31 shots. Like that, that to me is just absurd. And it is a little bit of bad luck. And and you can look at individual plays, the Okoro goaltend that wasn't a goaltend bothered me. Uh, same with the, the deflection out of bounds that, that led to two points from Indiana when could have been a lot closer. But overall, like the, the Cavs didn't play well enough tonight. And, and that's the primary reason why they lost this game yeah and i i want to talk about one of those examples i mentioned at the uh, just earlier about how i think their offense put them in a bad spot on a lot of these possessions uh and this this play i'm about to it's not a play it's just a screen grab if you're watching on youtube but they had a lot of possessions that look like this tonight justin where you had four uh cavaliers players you know within a step or two of their own baseline uh on the rebound you know that Mm -hmm. You know, floor balance is not a sexy thing to talk about when analyzing basketball. Yeah, but it's even less sexy uh, for those audio list only listeners. Huh? Just more incentive to watch on YouTube every now and again. <laughs> but the Cavs had a ton of plays that had this sort of balance. And mm-hmm. when when you have four players under your own free throw line, and in this instance, four players inside, you know, as low as the restricted area, it's just a gift for teams to run on you. 
with advantage. Uh, I, I thought the Pacers, uh, even on plays that might not have you know qualified as fast break points because you ended up having you know all ten guys down uh, past half court. Uh, I think they they had a lot of possessions like this where you had two guys sitting in the corners and then it's then you're just running into four on threes where where you're super susceptible to trailer threes. Uh, and I, I just think th- these kind of plays, these are focus plays to me uh, where uh, where either Okoro or Lavert has to get up to the top of the arc. You cannot have four guys that low or you're going to get killed. This is the NBA. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, I think those kind of plays really bugged me tonight. Uh, I thought there was a, a real lack of focus uh, uh, on, on both ends of the ball, um, even though I thought they scored the ball really, really well. Um, but, you know, these, these, you know, not every miss is made equal. And a miss that leaves four guys under the basket uh, it, it is a particularly painful one. I don't even think the Pacers scored on this one. I think Duarte walked into a, uh, a pull-up three that he missed, but it's it's really the principle that matters, and I really think that the Cavs need to clean that kind of stuff up, especially if they're going to have bigs trying to you know score on the inside. You have to have other people getting back to help protect them. Yeah, uh, it, it's process over result in, in those situations, and I, I think that's a great thing to highlight. And Hey, this is another example why I love dead ball turnovers, Carter. No, no fast breaks. No, well, I'll tell you what, that uh, dead ball turnover would have been better than that Evan Mobley miss on that yeah. particular play. So, like I said you know, at the time, you laughed at me, but I said sometimes it's better than a missed shot, even. And, and you know what? I, I think I'm a little vindicated, but oh, this you're was... definitely, you're, I mean, you're definitely right. It was the, it was the, the tone and the nature of the spin. Yeah. That I had to challenge you on. Yeah, because uh, I'm a crazy person. This, this happens. But this was definitely kind of one of those when it rains, it pours night. Um, like I said, coming into this game, I just kind of had a bad feeling. This seems to always happen when we play in Indiana. Uh, and it always seems to happen around New Year's. And to, to, to make matters worse, right before we recorded this podcast, Carter, I took the dog out. And you know what happened? My what? handle fell off. My my door handle fell off, so I'm going to need to find a little Allen key because you don't want to be missing a door handle. Luckily, I was like the door was already open, and uh, I was able to close it and deadbolt it. So uh, I'll do those repairs after this podcast. So, so, so hold on, hold on. Is it, it is it is it a, you know a knob no. that we're dealing with or a, no? Or it's a, a, it's a, a turn handle. handle. It's a handle, and there's like a little screw in it that I need to find. Like, I have a million Allen keys around my place. I just need to find one that's small enough to fit in there. I probably don't have one, but it's going to annoy the hell out of me after this podcast. Oh, Justin, uh, that is that is just a, a true cherry on top uh, yeah. for, for your evening. You no, know, overall, no, no one was a true cherry on top. Darius Garland getting hurt in this game. Like, oh. that, that to me is honestly the most deflating aspect of this game uh, looked like he initially hurt his shooting hand, his wrist uh, in the second quarter um, kind of shook it off and was fine. And then uh, in the fourth quarter, uh, I believe it was a collision with miles Turner um, was really, really in pain, was holding that wrist, uh, went to the bench to receive some treatment for a while. They taped it up and he tried to give it a go. Uh, but that was kind of when everything was falling apart. And obviously like Darius Garland is an essential part 
to to how this team works and, and to have a, an offensive rhythm and that when you give up a 10-0 run if you're missing your point guard that's sometimes that hurts your ability to val uh kind of volley back right and, and score in that stretch and um it's really really deflating i hope that this is just like a, a bruise or something that that isn't going to require a lot of time off but even just those free throws at the end of the game were uh, I think they were troubling them. they were he, troubling and 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 you you he left both wonder. of them short, and it looked hard for him to to grip the ball in that spot. Yeah, I, obviously, you know, we're no, uh, we're, we're we're not doctors, um, though no. many say we are, uh, which I always have to correct people. Yeah, um, you know, people hold us in very very high esteem in the medical community. I'll, I'll just show um, my tax returns if people want to believe them. <laughs> it want proof that I'm not a da- doctor. Uh, well. <laughs> God. Anyway, I, I do not make enough many, to be a doctor, my friend. Yeah, too, too too many jokes ran through my head just now. Um, <laughs> you know, the 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 free throws uh, for DG uh, did not look good. Um, he didn't look super confident out there. Um, you know, um, uh, and it feels like a spot where you know, yeah, maybe he you know really asked to get back in. Said he was feeling fine enough, but I just don't know if he was. I don't know if he was really in condition to be out there uh, at yeah. that point, based on. As based on what we could see, which is obviously super limited, and we're, we'll learn more, um, you know, as as we get this uh, this this injury checked out. But it, it's uh, it's tough, you know. Like it it it's kind of funny because it went from oh this team's going to get Ricky Rubio back, and what a great luxury that is. To oh they might need Ricky Rubio back <laughs> very very soon to mm. actually help uh, if he if he misses uh, if Darius uh, misses some time here. So. Obviously, we have no clue of the severity of the injury, but it, you know, it, it didn't look great out there. Um, and uh, I'm, I'm certainly concerned because he is really, really important for this team. With that said, if you're if you're griping about the defense, the point of attack defense should be really strong because Isaac Okoro should be in line to get uh, even more minutes if if Darius misses time. And oh god, I, wanted, I, can't, I, I can't even get my brain to there. Like to me, the the most deflating aspect of this is he was having a great game, right? Like yeah, he um, was awesome. And, and this was, you know, we had a long home stretch after kind of the discourse of oh, like what's going on with Darius on the road, and for him to have eighteen points of eight of eleven shooting, eight assists, only one turnover, like. Who knows? Maybe you can make the argument that he's in Indiana, so it's basically like a second home to him. Uh, but, you know, like he was having a great game and uh, coming off a Brooklyn game where he was really good. And who knows? Maybe, maybe if he was healthy, the, the end of this game goes a little bit differently. But it's definitely concerning when you have January being the toughest month from a scheduling standpoint and two important winnable games against Chicago in this home and home. Uh, if he misses even just a, a few days, he he could miss both of those games. And all of a sudden you're into that January stretch. That's uh, obviously going to be really challenging for the Cavs. So, I mean, fingers crossed. I just, I don't want to see any tweets with my three least favorite letters in the entire alphabet MRI. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope not as well. Um, though I actually was trying to pivot us to something very nice, Justin, which is... I, I just I wanted to compliment his game because yeah. I thought he was uh, having a great yeah. game. Uh, you know, I thought Isaac was great tonight. Yes. I, I and, and I think, again, you know, obviously he played way more than he did against Brooklyn. I thought he could have gotten more minutes tonight. I thought he sh- I thought he played a game that warranted like 30 minutes, not 20. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a, a couple absolutely thunderous finishes... Some really, really good passing. I thought he played better on Halliburton than anyone else by a country mile. Um, and also uh, was a big part of uh, 
yeah, I thought he did a nice job on Ben Matherin as well. Uh, you know, one of Matherin got him once uh, with a like an offhand floater that was really, really a tough shot. I'm like, well, can't do much better than that. Yeah. Um, I, I thought Isaac was great tonight, and uh, I think, uh, in my opinion at least, uh, more more evidence mounts that he he uh, should be uh, getting more minutes and maybe some more time with the starters. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing that jumps out to me with Okoro is he just looks so much more confident on the court. Like, we we talked about how he helps the Cavs push the pace, and I don't think it's a coincidence that in a game where he plays a little more and is playing well, the Cavs actually get out in transition and they get some fast break points. I was really impressed with the passes he made in, in the fourth quarter. I believe both of them were in the fourth quarter where he caught it and he had already kind of made the read of where Jared Allen was going to be under the basket and just intuitively let the defense kind of come to him, passed it off to, to Allen for easy buckets. Like I thought he did kind of the glue guy role that you want to see from a incredibly well tonight. And obviously the point of attack defense, as you said, was very good. Um, had, had some, monster dunks in this one as well that were a lot of fun um and the free throw shooting i, I feel like this gets overlooked a fair bit but he, he's been pretty reliable from the free throw line like every time he kind of steps up i have a, a pretty high level of confidence that he's going to go out there and and knock down those shots and for someone who you know the, the offense is a bit of a question for him uh overall it's nice that he's up at 82% coming into this game. I'm, I'm sure it'll be a little higher now, uh, but he's become kind of reliable there. And maybe you're seeing some of the, uh, the fruits of his labor uh, for improving his jump shot and the form and the technique. And maybe that's an indicator that uh, overall the form is going to improve, but yeah, I mean, Isaac and Jarrett, I thought had very good games. Um, basically Alan Okoro and love were the only calves tonight that didn't have a negative in the plus minus department. So um, but Isaac and Jared, I, I thought in particular, uh, were very good in this game. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I thought, I thought Jared really, um, uh, displayed his deft finishing touch in this one. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, it's, it's perpetually underrated how good he is with both hands, um, attacking a really, really good rim protector in Miles Turner. Um, and I thought he was good on the boards um you know i i just in general i thought he was one of the one of the strongest contributors out there on a, on a very weird night you know like yeah. i think he held up his end of the bargain in yeah, fact there were nine, 19 points and 14 rebounds on 8 of 11 shooting like that's pretty damn good yeah in fact there were a couple plays that i thought really were disappointing where he really did his job uh you know on switch you know on the perimeter or as a rim protector and then you know, they, they would give up a crucial offensive board behind him. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that kind of stuff is like, Hey, like if, if he's getting pulled out, uh, Kevin's got to do, got to box out better. Uh, you know, Karis has to tag his man on the way in. Like that's the kind of stuff you can't give up. Um, and I, I thought they had a few of those plays tonight that I thought were, were, were a little bit disappointing. Yeah. It, it was a little disappointing, but no, it's never disappointing. Carter, the service we, get from zoom support from this podcast and the following message comes from zoom half a million businesses connect using zoom a single platform for phone chat workspaces events apps and video zoom enables real-time collaboration for teams around the globe zoom how the world connects there are some things that are too good to keep a secret like how your amex platinum card helps you have the perfect trip i'd like to check into the centurion lounge or how it seems like you always get those hard to snag tables 
Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I butchered that segue a little bit on the way in. It, it well, could have been you know, better. I was just thinking. I was just thinking about it, Justin, and I I, I figured out your tell. Mm. Um, and your tell, uh, uh, is well. You ye- can't say and, it's me not like paying attention to what you're saying because I rarely do. Yeah, rarely do. Uh, gosh, God knows that. Um, your tell is that you, um, uh, you don't. You always repeat the last thing I said. I did. Yeah, yeah, that that's your game. So yeah. I I figured you out. I'm, and I'm basically over, like looking for you to set me up. Like you got to do a good job as a point guard, giving me some sort of word that I can latch on to to try to do the segue. And if you don't do that, then I I'm forced to create on my own, and it gets a little hairy. Absolutely, buddy. Speaking of uh, people creating, I thought Mobley had a nice connector game. He didn't have a great scoring game, in my opinion, but as a passer, I thought he was quite good. Mm-hmm. He he made a lot of really smart reads, um, kind of in, in the short roll. Uh, interior passing, I thought, was very, very good for him. Um, tied his career high in assists uh, with seven. Uh, Should have had great. eight. They didn't give him one. The, yeah. one the, the little spoon to uh, Jared Allen. I was like, what is this? Yeah, well, uh, added to the list of uh, questionable Road plays. Road scorekeepers. By, yeah, yeah. Road scorekeepers. Uh, a few questionable calls uh, all around on the night. But uh, yeah, I, I thought he had a good game. There was a couple times where I think he was looking to make the move prior to having the ball even and kind of fumbled it as a result of that. Um, but overall, I, I thought it was, it was a pretty good game for him. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to see more of this, though, right? Like, And especially if Garland's going to miss some time, like you're probably going to need Mobley to experiment a little bit more as a creator to to make life easier for Donovan Mitchell, to, to give the Cavs a little bit of juice there. And um, I'm sure Kevin Love will uh, be asked to chip in a little bit there. Uh, but it's going to be a real team effort if Garland either misses time or if he's a little hobbled and, and he's just not himself a, a overall on the court. Yeah, and you know, I think the other person that you're going to kind of look to is Donnie Mitchell, who uh, started the year, you know, with Darius Hurt. Uh, really, I thought playmaking very, very well um, yep. to start to start the year. I think he averaged around seven assists a game. Yeah, he went. He had nine, eight, four, eight, three, and twelve uh, in mm-hmm. the month of no, in the month of uh, October. And like that, those are the kinds of things we want to see. Like. Uh, a sneaky little subplot is that uh, as D- Darius is taking on a little bit more creation, 
Uh, Donovan's assist numbers have gone down. He's only averaging three and a half assists uh, per game in December. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know he's going to have to kind of reactivate the I have to be a lead playmaker kind of uh, microchip in his brain uh, <laughs> if, if Darius is going to miss time. What do you think of Mitchell tonight? Because I have some notes, and I but I want to hear your thoughts first. Man, I don't have a lot of thoughts. Like it, to me, it was nice to see him running around a little more freely to start the game. I, I was like, well, okay, well, this is what it's like when you don't have OG Anobi or Ben Simmons face guarding you the whole time. Um, I'm I just thought it was a better scoring performance from him, and and I'm very curious that if you've got a strong take here because I I thought he had a good game. I think. Uh, I, I actually didn't love Donnie's game tonight, to be honest. Um, I thought, you know, his numbers, I, I'm not, I don't care that much about the efficiency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 10 of 25, 28 points, like, that's not great. Uh, but even in the first half when his efficiency was good, I felt like he was getting off uh, with a little more talent than uh, than making the, the best reads uh, in this game. Uh, I thought his shot making was really, really good until it wasn't. And, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, there were just a few plays where it's like, okay, so the ball swings to him for a wide open corner three. He doesn't take it and then steps in and then dribbles into a step back three that he happens to make. But I'm like, ah, why didn't you just take the the shot in rhythm that, that hit your hands perfectly? Because it's um, so much cooler this way. Yeah. And, and some, some weird mid rangers that I'm like, oh, I think you could have made some, taken an easier bucket. And I think it kind of got to them in the back half of the game where it's like, okay, that kind of stuff you can get by, you know, here and there uh, because he's tremendously talented. But I just thought his shot selection and overall decision-making was like a C plus, B minus tonight when, you know, I think the team really could have used an A. Yeah. Honestly, I I wasn't paying close enough attention. I I was trying to figure out more what was happening with the Cavs defensively. I was trying to watch some of the the off-ball movements where I I didn't have as much of an eye on Mitchell in this game. Um, you know, we, we probably should mention that the, the Cavs were without Jetty Osman for this game. Uh, so sore lower back. Only saw... nine active players, man. <laughs> they got a they got a healthy bodies problem right now. And honestly, I I, I want to give JB a little bit of a shout out for managing the minutes so effectively because really, like Allen played thirty eight, which I mean he played very well. I, I think he justified those minutes, and, and Mitchell played thirty seven. But other than that, like no one else kind of played like a ton of minutes. Uh, Lamar and Okoro both had twenty one apiece. Uh, Kevin Love had twenty one. Lavert thirty five off the bench. I thought Karras was actually really good, better in the first half than the second. Um, I would but, agree with that. But uh, I thought he was giving pretty good effort on, on both ends of the court, which was nice to see. Uh, but yeah, no, no one like really played kind of outlandish minutes uh, with this really depleted roster. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you're playing only eight guys and then one of your best players misses a decent amount of time within the game or, or is kind of taken out of his effectiveness with, with the hand injury, that's just not a great spot to be in. And I'm... I'm I'm a little dejected with it, honestly. Like I, I'm I'm in a spot where I, I just you want to see the Cavs make the most of this stretch. Uh, we had talked about the importance of these divisional games, and uh, I would have liked to seen them come out just a little bit sharper to start this game. And it just felt like one of those nights where you know you didn't do any, yourself any favors, and you got hit with kind of the bad luck uh, with the three point shooting and the variance, which it's just it's one of those really really frustrating nights to to kind of take in. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, it's not fun. Um, You know, I think it it was funny. You know, I was also pretty disappointed by the loss. Uh, Still am. 
Mm -hmm. I think it's a game they should have won. And they, you know, I think if they played better, they would have won. Uh, you know, and, and when I say better, I don't mean just like make more shots. I mean, play smarter, uh, play a little more, um, you know, cerebral basketball, Cavaliers basketball, frankly. Um, then, you know, I, I think they would have won, but you know, it was funny. I think, uh, and you know, you retweeted this, I tweeted this out. I, I had to kind of check my bias. Cause I feel like, you know, with this losing streak, I was like, man, it just feels like the Cavs have their bad stretches and big chunks, you mm-hmm. know? And then I go to ESPN.com and I check the stats. They've lost. They, this is their second losing streak of the season. <laughs> I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, but you're like, right. Like they, they have uh, now in fairness, one of those losing streaks was a five game losing streak, but you know, this is happening all over the league too. You know, uh, Boston lost three, three or four in a row. Milwaukee lost three or four in a row. Denver mm. has lost several games. They should not lose. Uh, I'm actually a little surprised at how positive the discourse is around Denver, given that I feel like they're, they're fighting for their life against mediocre teams, a decent amount, you know, mm-hmm. with the 28th overall defense in the league right now. So like, it, it, it's it's kind of happening to everyone, but like you know, I think even last year's Cavs team would have killed for for this you know this few losing skids. Um, so you know, I I think overall it it stinks that in the month of December that looked really 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 promising that you have losses to New York, San Antonio, Toronto, and Indy. Mm-hmm. That it that does stink, but in fairness, like if you're really evaluating it on balance. I didn't expect to win both Dallas games. I didn't. No. Win, I I did not expect to beat the Bucks. I hoped they would, but I did not expect it. Um. Uh. You know. So like, I think like on balance, it's it's you know I I think it's not an A plus month, but it's certainly not like a failure of a month, even though it kind of feels bad heading into a very very tough stretch. Yeah, well, I, I think it's just going to make us feel a little more uneasy in January, right? Like, I, I expect this next month to kind of look similar to that schedule you're showing where you have one or two wins and then a loss and then another win and a loss. Like, I, I think that's probably what we're going to see in January. And we're probably not going to make up a lot of ground in the standings, right? Like, uh, if you kind of hover Might around, lose some ground. Yeah, like you might be in in kind of that four or five mix uh, for the month of January, and that's not going to feel great. Uh, I would love for them to prove me wrong, um, but like that's likely what it's going to be. And then you remake up that ground in in the easier kind of February, March, and April, right? Uh, so maybe that's going to be what it is. But man, I, I like I, I just keep coming back to the the Garland injury because you look at this upcoming schedule and. Honestly, like we got a little bit of a lucky break here because even with us playing Chicago on Saturday, that's going to be the third game in four nights for Chicago, and they're playing a back-to-back. They they play Friday, Saturday. We highlight this when it happens to the Cavs. It also happens to other teams, and you can kind of expect Chicago to have some tired legs. So Garland's out for that one. I mean, we won a game in Chicago already this year uh, w- without Garland, so maybe Jetty plays and, and, and you're able to get an up offense there. Um, but then, you know, you host Chicago and then you play Phoenix twice next week without Devin Booker. Cause Devin Booker is going to be out for, I believe it was four to six weeks, right? Like there was a real kind of opportunity of, Hey, the, the start of January really sucks, but you got Chicago at a rest at disadvantage. You got Phoenix twice, uh, w- without Booker. And as you said, with Denver, they, they have been struggling on the defensive end, although, uh, they, they are still a really damn good team. No, they're awesome. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, so are we. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, exactly. 
right? Like th- this we're, is a, we're picking this is, nets, but this is a winnable stretch. So if we're shorthanded for those winnable stretches, like that's what we experienced last year, right? Was, oh, all we, we did really well through the toughest parts of our schedule. And as the schedule finally gets lighter, Garland misses basically all of February. Lavert goes down, Lowry goes down, Allen, Mobley, Wade, like that's, and we weren't able to capitalize on that. And I just, I don't know if it's like the PTSD from that, but I worry that we're not going to be able to capitalize on this next week if the injury is bad. Now, this, by the time people are listening to this, maybe there, there's good news out there um, and he's not going to miss any time or it's just like a small limitation uh, to his effectiveness. But yeah, this you know, is one of the downsides of post-game pods, Justin. Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's in the moment like that, that would be my concern heading into this next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Yeah, I mean, it's certainly um, it's certainly a fair concern, you know, and uh, again, just to kind of go back to like, I'm just kind of trying to diagnose why this feels a little bit worse than, you know, um, than maybe I think it should right now. Um, Just the the three game losing streak. I think it's also that the Cavs got a really great schedule break. They've played two games. They will have played two games between December 24th and December 31st. Hmm. And, you know, to, to lose both of them just, it sucks. Cause we don't have, you know, one of the nicer things about, lo- about the NBA is when you, when you have a bad loss, you, you play two day two day one day later, sometimes two days later, and you get a chance to make up for it. And, you know, we haven't gotten to see that. So, you know, I, I think that, I think that the, the Chicago team is playing better. Yep. Um, the Cavs are going to have to play good ball. Uh, to beat them, though, you Chicago know, Chicago just beat Milwaukee. Like that's that's another reason why this loss is disappointing because Philly lost to the Wizards and Chicago beat Milwaukee. Right, like two games that we would assume would be wins for those two teams and maybe an opportunity for the Cavs to tie Milwaukee in the standings and give a little more breathing room uh, to to get away from Philadelphia. And they weren't able to capitalize on it. Right, so. I mean, losses are going to be more disappointing because we have higher expectations for this team. I think they deserve higher expectations. And uh, like as much as we know and as many times as you and I can say, hey, this is a young team. They're inexperienced. They're going to make mistakes. Uh, This is a team that 
could really benefit from more shooting on the perimeter and all these things that we know still when you go through it in real time and you have these close losses because so many of the Cavs losses have been close this year it just stings a little bit more because you start thinking back to the two or three things that you could have done differently that would have changed the result whereas if you just get blown out you can say ah well you know we didn't have it on that night right like that's that's how I felt about the Toronto game where that just wasn't a good defensive effort and you can just kind of throw that game out right yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I, I had someone tweet at after my, my tweet about the Cavs losing lack of losing streaks this season. Someone tweeted at me and said, quote, think it's just the manner of losses that hurts. Feels like a lot of the mistakes were avoidable and issues we were already, already aware of. And, like, one thing I think is really important to note to people who are frustrated with the manner of losing, like, you get maybe one or two losses in a season that you lose even though you played great yeah <laughs> like like you typically lose because you played bad or, or 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 something was going wrong for you so like i i just want to kind of remind the 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 general fan base and even myself a little bit is like yeah like like losses suck because they suck it sucks mm-hmm. to lose like and like you know sometimes you're buried by uh by just an avalanche of three-point shooting that is above the norm but also sometimes you just make mistakes, uh, and like you know, uh, I I don't think I I don't think Milwaukee has a lot of awesome losses. I don't think Boston has a lot of awesome losses. Uh, you know, I just think that's kind of the nature of the game, and like, uh, you know, it's a long season. Uh, obviously, I think I, I I think the tone heading into January is really dependent on that on that right hand for yeah. Darius Garland because if it's no big deal, slight bruise, okay. Um, you know, maybe it'll get better. Um, uh, but if, if not, uh, then I think it'll be, you know, they're, they're going to have to punch above their weight, which is what we asked them to do last season. And they did a great job of doing so. Uh, I will be interesting to see if they can do that from a different vantage point this season. Yeah. I mean, best laid plans, right? Like you, you think, oh, we're going to be able to bring Ricky Rubio along slowly. And maybe we, like you said, we might really need Ricky Rubio to uh, reignite that chemistry with Donovan Mitchell. Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, But I I do think like it is important that you brought up that context, right? And, and I, I remember even the last podcast, one of the notes I had was, oh, can they avoid letting these losses kind of compound it and turn into a losing streak? Because I was under the impression that they had a couple, right? Like I, I didn't even bother fact checking myself in that spot, right? And you, you sit there and you say, oh, well, the Cavs suck on the road. But as I mentioned, they had the second best net rating in the league on the road. Uh, you say, well, you know, the fourth quarters, they, they've fallen apart. Well, the Cavs have the best net rating in the fourth quarter in the league, right? Like it's, it's just one of those things where it feels that way. It feels like emotionally, it feels true, but you have to kind of fact check it, right? Like you have to kind of examine the reality of all these statements because even like, when it comes to something like the the open shooting, which we, we've talked about, like the the Brooklyn game, they contested a lot of those shots, and uh, Brooklyn still ended up making it. Toronto, they left them wide open. We don't have the data yet for, uh, for Indiana, but anecdotally, it certainly feels like a lot of the shots are open. But most teams in the league, like if you look at how many open shots are given up a game, it's pretty even. Like the, there's only it's only separated by like one or two attempts from being like a top five in open shots allowed to a bottom five in open shots allowed. And the Cavs currently uh, coming into this game, they gave up the seventh fewest 
open threes out of any team in the league. And teams are just shooting a ridiculously high percentage. And when teams are hitting contested threes, the open ones end up feeling so much more painful because it's like, God, right? Like we're just trying to stop this three-point barrage and there's another open one. But the reality is most teams give up about 15 open threes a game. Like that's that's how many the Cavs give up. And that is like an above average rate for the NBA. Like it, it's, it sucks. Like you said, it, it feels very loserish to just be sitting here and talk like three point variance. But sometimes like this does come up, come down to luck. Yeah. I mean, God, can you imagine me in a baseball podcaster, like a game that's like 85% based on luck, <laughs> you know, like they literally have a luck stat. Uh, you know, uh, like batting average on balls in play. It's basically like, hey, did you accidentally hit it where there were people? Uh, you know, it, like it honestly God. reminds me. I I can imagine that because I remember my very early days of blogging when I was doing both basketball and hockey, and hockey's very similar to that, right? Because you have the concept of a hot goalie, and it's hey, did we get enough shots on net? Like, did we generate good quality looks? And it comes down to puck luck at that point, right? Like it, it, it sucks. It's the least sexy part of the game to talk about, but sometimes you just kind of run into these streaks. And like you said, you're going to have like five games a year where you get open looks and you can't hit a thing. You're going to have five games a year where another team just hits absolutely everything against you. And unfortunately for the Cavs, two of those games on both sides of that spectrum came against Toronto, where we had 27 open threes and shot 18% on them. And Toronto hitting a million of their open looks, even though they're one of the worst teams on wide open looks, right? Like, this is the ebbs and flows of the season. It just doesn't change. Like, even though you add that context, it doesn't change the end result. And the end result is what ends up sticking with you because... Even if you play a bad game, but you somehow come away with a win, which the Cavs have a couple of those this season, like uh, you just say, hey, it's a win. win winners win. Uh, we covered or whatever the case may be. And you move on. Right. Absolutely, man. It's, uh, you know, and, and I really do think that, you know, uh, light light at the end of the tunnel is coming with some of the health stuff, you know, like it, it's so hard being down Dean Wade. So mm -hmm. hard being down Rubio, um, two guys that, you know, two uh legit rotational players especially just on the nights where like the other guys don't have it you know it's it's not so painful to not have them when everyone when you know when love's looking good and looking spry and you know jetty's hitting three or four threes but you know on the nights where they don't have it like that extra stability that extra you know place to turn is is really really missed um so really rooting for those guys to get back and i hope they you know they look healthy and good when they when they do get back because it'll give this team uh, a, a legitimate uh, security blanket. I still think this team's ceiling is unbelievably high, uh, even as currently constituted, but their floor is just a little variable right now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I agree with you. With, with those guys coming back, there is a light at the end of the tunnel, just like there is a light going through the front door of my home right now. Yeah, go, go fix your door, Justin. <laughs> I'll go fix my door, and hopefully the Cavs can uh, fix this losing streak. Big thanks to everyone that tuned in live on YouTube. Obviously not the most fun when we were doing this after a loss, but we still appreciate your presence anyways. If you want to support us, you can like, subscribe, click notification bell uh, so you know when we're going live. If you're listening via podcast, you can leave us a rating, leave a review, subscribe, unsubscribe, resubscribe, and help cook those books. If you want to be part of the Chase Downs exclusive discord chat send a screenshot that review to chase down pod at gmail.com however you choose to support us we really do appreciate it make sure you guys are staying safe out there until next time go Cavs.
a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.